With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Oh, I mixed it up there a little bit. Uh, yeah, your cadence was <laughs> almost threw me off, but we're such professional podcasters that I can roll with it. And my friend, I feel great. I am on the verge of a big green arrow, my second green arrow in a row. Nice. I am uh, I'm correcting the course. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Some of my wild card picks actually came through in Game Week 7, so it's a sight to behold. Yeah, I, mean, I want to ask you about that in just a second. But I mean, I guess, the, yeah, I had I had a good game week too. Not not as good. I had more of a, a garden variety good game week. But you had a, uh, <laughs> I would say, close to an extraordinary game week. Really, really quite a good one. Um, and uh, so we should update people on our goals. Because on the last podcast, we talked about our rankings and our what our goals were after game week 10. Uh, and so I yeah. think your goal was to be at 399 by the end of three fifty, was it was it three hundred and fifty? I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's same difference we'll basically. Roll back when you're the tape that, here a little bit. Territory. Yeah. So where are you right now? So uh, I jumped from one point nine million overall to uh, right now heading into the Arsenal Manchester United match. I'm seven hundred and nine. Yeah. Um, thousand. So I jumped up by one point two million spots. Yeah. So yeah. three fifty. By game week 10, oh, this is no problem. I'll do it <laughs> standing on my head. Yeah, I mean, and this is, in, in theory, these these are 1.2 million managers. I would say at least, uh, I don't know, 800,000 or 900,000 of them are, are trying their hardest and trying to do their best job. And 
have the best season mm-hmm. they can, and you've just leapt over them. So congratulations to you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder that uh, this early on in the season, you can be ranked 3 million, you can be ranked 4 million, and you can string, you string together a couple good game weeks, and you are right back you know, near the top. And, and obviously we talk about overall rank here because – it's not like everyone is everyone has their own mini leagues and stuff. But if you're if you're climbing up in the overall ranks, you know you typically are climbing up in your mini leagues as well. Um, and I know I, I feel like I've seen yeah. a lot of green arrows in my in my. I'm like I'm in like I'm like maxed out on all my. I'm an insane number of mini leagues this year. Uh, like really too many because it's like I don't even know what winning means. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some of them. <laughs> I'm like I'm 2866 in the only team super league. Like I don't know what that even means. Like that seems good. I guess yeah. I'm up. I'm up 600 spots. Uh, so yeah, you finished on how many oh, I points? I can't even remember which, uh, mini leagues I have money at stake. In. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like looking at the, at the names there, I'm like, is there money involved? I'm there? just glad I paid in advance. Yeah. I'm not getting any money this year. I think. <laughs> yeah. Right. So game week seven with, with one match left to go, I'm 72 points all out. And, um, it was the week that my wild card actually worked. Um, cause like the plan with the wild card that I played was now three weeks ago. Now I went without Liverpool attack. I doubled up on Liverpool defense and um, I brought in all of the Manchester City attacking heavy hitters and then took a flyer on a player named Jamie Vardy. Uh, and it it was not working the first uh, the first few weeks of that wild card. And this week, all that logic worked every it is remarkable every single player in my squad save one defender Mm -hmm. my transfer that i made this week which was isa diop who got zero every single other player came through with a return whether that's matt Loughton who got a clean sheet wipeout but he he delivered an assist adrian and van dyke with their clean sheets goals and assists across my midfield uh, similarly with my front line. The only missing piece from my entire season thus far and this week is I have yet to nail the captaincy. So I captained Aguero, and I mean, it really would have spoiled a little bit of the game week had he not gotten anything coming off the bench in that game. But sure. the assist finishing on eight points with that armband i'm happy with that i scored my captain um yeah yeah for sure i mean uh yeah that was a big i i thought that would hurt me more i i did i sterling's ownership is actually a little lower than i realized um he's he's down to 37.9 percent ownership and uh it just wasn't camping with that many people either so uh just getting the goal from him ended up being a help i I was like oh everyone in the world has a where our captain is going to kill me uh but uh it didn't it didn't really so I actually went up even further uh, once once Ryan scored the goal. So yeah, yeah. Um, right. So r- remind remind yeah. us out there of what your goal is for game week ten for your overall rank. Yeah, What's the I, target. I thought I think my goal was uh, I think my goal was the top one hundred and fifty. So I think that's I think yours was three ninety nine yeah. and mine was one forty nine 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 nine. I I could be wrong about that. Okay. Uh, but as, I, I, yeah. I then I I would believe that I conflated those two things. Okay, where it was. Uh, so that makes sense. I, that may be the case. Uh, regardless, um, so I was uh, I was at f- uh, 534 going into uh, this game week. I finished on 54 points, and I'm up to f- uh, 386. Um, I think I will get knocked back a little bit once some subs come in, once the uh, Man United Arsenal game gets played. But it looks like, barring any like massive hauls from people like Aubameyang tomorrow, I'll be around about about up a hundred thousand. Uh, which would put me like basically right on target. So a hundred thousand, the next, you know, this game week and then the next three would get me right mm-hmm. where I want to be. So, so that feels good. I mean, 
like you, it's it's two uh, green arrows in a row after three reds in a row. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it's sort of you know the big thing for me was just I I sort of just I captained Sala over all of sort of every other player I was considering captaining did well, and I went with the one who who blanked and um, kind of frustrating because I you know I he actually really should have scored in that match. I mean he had a uh, a breakaway <laughs> you know breakaway yeah. on the keeper. You know, it's almost like if the keeper doesn't make that, like, if Henderson doesn't make that huge howler like 10 minutes before, like maybe he doesn't save him there. But he sort of puts together this. It's like he's like he's absolutely yeah. locked in. He's not going to let another mistake yeah. happen. Um, the shot of adrenaline, yeah. like when the mom lifts up the uh, the SUV to save her child yeah, from, exactly. from the wreck. Yeah. Henderson did that on solo yeah. on that breakaway. Because my, my feeling is that, you know, something like – Nine times out of ten, Mo Salah scoring in that situation. I mean, he's just so he's such, such yeah. a great finisher. Um, so yeah, so that was that was a little annoying because um, I really I don't know if he was even going to get bonus points, but just that would have at least taken him from three to eight. But I don't want to complain. It was a it was a good game week overall. I have Sterling, De Bruyne. I brought in Mason Mount. I brought in Sonyoku. Mount gets me six points, and Yoko gets me six points as well. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what what would have happened. I mean, Lucas Dean ended up on, I guess, one point. Uh, that was my transfer out, and uh, uh, and Sabios uh, presumably will not do much tomorrow. And so, uh, you know, and if he does, yeah. well, hey, we've already recorded this podcast, so who cares? So, um, <laughs> right. so fifty four points. It feels it feels good. It's like it's like a total like b plus like great totally fine let's yep. move on uh I, I kept van dyke i really thought about bringing in trent alexander arnold as well I, I think i may do that going into game week eight which we can talk about mm-hmm. uh, a little bit later brandon you have a question here it says uh game week seven is one of those weeks when it feels like a number of widely held assumptions are being challenged uh what does yeah. that what does that mean and what does that mean for this week's episode of the podcast yeah, there are, there are these widely held assumptions that we use to build our game week one squads, and we've been monitoring that logic for the first six, seven game weeks of the season. You were talking about Mo Salah's performance against uh, Sheffield United, and a lot of people were thinking, you know, for the last two weeks, Salah just looks like he's off the boil. He's not playing very well. The chatter uh, live during the Manchester City Everton match was what's going on with Raheem Sterling? He just he comes off of a benching in game week six. He just doesn't look on it here against Everton. Mm -hmm. So we're zeroing in on a lot of big time FPL assets. And suddenly we're thinking, do we need to drop these guys? Do we need to shift our thinking? So there is this feeling coming out of game week seven that we're entering now what I will call FPL phase two. Uh, the the second phase of the FPL season, and at least in terms of how we need to shift our thinking with our FPL squad. So what we're going to talk about in the heart of this episode are our feelings, the always cheating read on these premium players who who may or may not be off the boil or we need to look to shift the ship them on and which players are new and interesting and exciting that we're that we're thinking of using to replace some of these players so fpl phase two that's the theme of this week's episode given that there is uh, one more match left to play in game week seven we're not going to read off the top 10 of the always cheating super league we'll just post that to uh twitter uh, come Tuesday, sure. so people Facebook, uh, get their their due credit. Yeah, Facebook and Slack. Yeah, we'll we'll plaster the uh, we'll plaster the internet. Uh, we, we you post it on the home on our website too, right? So if you if you're not a social media person, I think you can also yeah. find it there. So 
Yeah, lots of different places. And and uh, yeah, always cheating is it's that's it's it's the nexus of fantasy <laughs> discussion. So to be on the homepage of alwayscheating.com, that's a big deal, guys. It's a very yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um all right, kind of a kind of a nutty week. Um so I thought let's bring back we haven't had a rant of the week on the podcast for a while, Josh. So I plucked this rant um out of the Twitterverse and it comes from David Hunter who wants to know not, not anything specifically to do with a particular player, but David asks, what's going on with Premier League scheduling? One game on Super Sunday today, four next Sunday, then only one the next game week. The return of the third striker and big at the back are clearly issues, but not as big as this. It ruins my Sunday when the wife figures out that there's no game until 43, 4.30 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Um Kind of weird scheduling. We were talking about this um, yeah. with regard to um, teams who played. Uh, was it Spurs? Who was it that had the early kickoff last game week, and they had played in the Champions League midweek? Uh, and Spurs have the early kickoff this coming Saturday as yeah. well um, after playing Champions League midweek. It's, yeah, and even what's the, up with the schedule? Even the Sundays, there's I think next week there's three. I'm just going to use English times here, but there are I mean uh, English, not not American Eastern, time. E, yeah, American Eastern Seaboard times. But yeah, there's three games all in the early 9 a.m. fixture for for Sunday, uh, and then the the lone late match on Sunday, the Super Sunday match, I guess, is Newcastle Man United, which. I guess it's like historically a fun match, but this season it kind of feels like whatever, you know? So um, I don't know if it's like a playaway day before the international break and all these teams maybe, maybe tried to vie for, uh, you know, vie to get that that slot. I'm not sure. I also wonder if maybe there's like a, each team is guaranteed like one moment in the win. You know, Brandon, the ultimate answer is I have no idea. <laughs> yeah 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 probably probably not best to spend a lot of time thinking about it <laughs> totally i i would love to i mean i could spend 20 minutes just yeah just completely bullshitting and trying to come up with like some real answer <laughs> but fixture talk moving then on to our uh universal basic in- income uh question <laughs> exactly. and answer session everyone yeah. would love it yeah exactly <laughs> uh however that is the kind of talk you know the the more interesting version of this can be found brandon on the always cheating slack if you would like to support the podcast, if you would like to get one extra podcast per week, Brandon, and I will mm-hmm. be doing this week's uh, Kitchen Table podcast on Thursday, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. That's where you can support the podcast. Uh, we, have, uh, we have private leagues there. We have uh, T-shirt giveaways. We have uh, all kinds of different stuff. But I think I feel like the two cornerstones are are the Slack mm-hmm. and the uh, and the extra podcast per week. So uh, head there um, and just say thanks. What we do? Uh, well, it, you know, it's only a kick in a couple couple shekels, Brandon, and uh, and and support the podcast. Whatever, whatever you can spare. Whatever you can and, spare. And uh, we've got some new pa- <laughs> we've got some new patrons this week that we're going to thank at the end of the episode. But uh, let's take a quick break, Josh, before we get to our discussion of FPL Phase Two. All right. Let's do it. Branded Marvel had their phase two. Now the Fantasy Premier League game has their own phase two. It begins in game week eight. We've just arbitrarily decided. Brandon, let's talk a little yeah. bit more about phase two. How are we evaluating players? Why don't you why don't you sort of kick things off here? Yeah, um, this was inspired by um, a question that came from Sean McCall, who is talking about this crisis, especially among premium assets. Sean says, is anyone worth value over 12 million currently, or should we all just Captain Kevin De Bruyne 
close the laptops and look again in game week 38. So the captaincy is is an issue, another issue altogether. But it was pointed out at the end of the matches on Saturday. If you look at the FPL Dream Team, you know if they they compiled what the best score would be if you had these particular 11 players in your fantasy squad for Saturday. Every single player in FPL's dream team was under 10% ownership. And um, yeah, they were, they were none of the usual players. Yeah. And uh, so you, you couple, you couple that with all the talk that I was mentioning earlier about form players like Sterling and Sala, there's this, this panic creeping in. Like, am I spending my money wisely? Yeah. I need to buy this big of a house. Is this too much house? All right. Can I can I counter this with something? Yeah. I'm going to counter your uh, Sean's actually. I, mean, I won't I will not attribute this to you, Brandon. It's a let's appropriately credit Sean McCall here. Yeah, I'm blameless. Do we are people too captaincy obsessed? Is the is the captaincy obsession a little too over the top sometimes? I mean, yes, you get double points. Yeah. Great. Awesome. You know, like when it works out, it's great. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't, that's annoying. But, you know, it's it's often not that many points. Right. I mean, even, you know, I'm, I'm kicking myself because, yeah, I, I should yeah, I should have gone with my vice captain Sterling instead of Salah. Right. That's a bummer. It cost me four points. You know, it's just it's not that it's just not that much. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. that's, you know, an assist and a bonus point or something. It's just, you know, it's it's it would be, it would have been nice to have, but it's not that big of a deal. And if I were to decide that I didn't want those premium assets like it's like the people who are doing well, it's like a collection of randos. Like you can't like, you can't predict it. You know, it's like, you can't, it's not like there's like this bubbling, like this is, this is just me ranting here, Brandon, but there's not like this like bubbling. Uh, the like, floor is yours, my friend. You know, it's not like there's like all of these like eight and nine million, like people talk about sun, you know, and I'm just not like, like there, there are like some, inter- you know, for me now, there, there are players out there who are, who are interesting, but again, I, you know, I'm just looking at the top 10 statistics uh, just for overall mm-hmm. points on the season so far. And yeah, De Bruyne is top, but the 12 million Aguero, Aguero is second. The 12.5 million Aguero, uh, Mo Salah is, is third. Uh, Raheem Sterling comes in at 10th uh, overall, I think. So, I mean, in the end, if you just have these players, you're, it, it helps, you know, I mean, you know, Sterling's at 37%. So, I mean, 62% of managers are hurt when he does anything well, you know, and uh, even De Bruyne right. is you know, 57% of managers don't have him in the game right now. So, um, yeah. yeah. So what do you think about that? What do you think about my counter? I, I do agree with you. Uh, the, the captain talk of, uh, yeah, I've had, I had a, gr- a, a great game week. My game week rank is like uh, 59k, just like an insane game week, game week score. And my captain scored four points. Right. That, that really only comes into play when, there is a heavily captain player who bags a hat trick mm-hmm. or does something insane like players like Aguero and Mo Salah will do. And I think that's why time and time again, we, we still cover our FPL teams with these players, with these really expensive players, because they will go off the bo- off the boil for one, two, three weeks but they are still the ones most likely to make up that ground swiftly in just one match right. or to have that level of consistency where these, as you call them, Josh, uh, I believe the derogatory term you used was rando collection these of randos. randos. Yeah. Collection of randos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll stick. I'll stick you to heard it. Me, you, you heard me right. <laughs> World-class players, but randos. I think, 
Yeah, I think on the whole, I agree with you and that it, it maybe this panic about phase two is is much ado about nothing. But I do think it would be worthwhile just for us to go th- go through some of these players individually one by one oh. and just sort of stake our claim and say exactly how we feel about that. Uh, right? 100%. And like, obviously, like that's that's like the name of the game. And, and you know, I think that it's it's a great time to do that. I mean, I, I think Yarmolenko is on this list, right? I mean, he's like a player who just like kind of jumps mm-hmm. out as a – is a really, you know, interesting, uh, asset. Um, but you know, I think, um, but just, yeah, I was just gonna say in general, it's like, it, there's this temptation to be like, yeah, I want to get rid of all the money that I have in these really expensive players, just Captain De Bruyne and I'll spread it around and I'll have all of these awesome players, but it just doesn't work that way because, yeah. you know, there's just, the, there isn't like this pool of awesome assets. I mean, you look at Tammy, April, it's just like, you know, he blanked today, you know, on, on Saturday, it seems, seems improbable, but mm-hmm. of course this happens all the time, you know? And so, yeah. Um, it's just, it's really tricky to actually get all the players that you want, you know? And then you, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I guess you could end up with like a really strong bench and like be swapping people players in and out, but that's also like really stressful and doesn't really work that well either. So I I don't, I I, balance is like, I, I, I appreciate and respect it, but I think it's really hard to actually achieve and, and, you know, in practice. Right. So there's, there are these two hypothetical situations. One is, man, Salah looks like he's out of form. This is really worrying. Should we drop him and spread the money around because he's blank for two weeks or or roughly something like that? And it's a huge hot button issue. Say, say you, you drop Salah, you spread it around. Yormalenko, man, what's up with Yormalenko? Two weeks without a return. He looks out of form. We just wouldn't even have that conversation. You'd right. be like, "Wow, I was kind of stupid that I brought Yarmolenko in." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like some, he it's was like really going to shoot me to the top it's of like my mini bios, you know, just killing my killing my team. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about some of these players uh, for real. So Sterling, did you watch? You must have watched the Everton match, right? City Everton. Yep, I did. Yeah, I, I watched uh, everything on Saturday, more or less. So Sterling. Looked a little lost at times, but did his form during that match stick out to you as uh, he's off? Something's wrong with him. Uh, no, um, I thought there was some positioning stuff. Uh, it felt like I don't know. I mean, it was honestly, it almost felt like there were just for whatever reason he and Jesus seemed to kind of be in the same spot a lot, yeah. and Jesus was yep. kind of like in front of him, and also like. I feel like I was watching because I was kind of playing with my daughter at the same time. And so I was watching the screen from kind of far away and they look a little, I don't know, like it was like they, they have like short hair and they're about the same height, you know, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like similar builds as well. I guess Jesus is like yeah. a little more built. And so that first goal, I was like, oh, damn, did like where did, did Sterling just score? Uh, and it was <laughs> Jesus. So I don't know. That was just a. Do you, do you know that? Like, it's kind of weird because you have Zinchenko and KDB as well. They're like, kind of look a little similar on a small screen. Too. Yeah. City, City have some sort of weird cloning magic that they, they've invested <laughs> in there at the Etihad. It, it seems to be working out for them sure. just fine. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really do agree with you. I think the, the Sterling um, standout sort of quiet performance against, against Everton is compounded by his benching in game week six, which is leading everyone to this panic. And I think we covered this in last week's episode, but the Sterling rotation in game week six was to be expected. Nothing to panic. Sterling yeah, is going to happen by a mile, like straight into that um, first 11. It doesn't worry me at all. I think, yeah, this is probably a bigger problem actually for Jesus than it is for Sterling because 
I would agree. I think some of the problems that they were experiencing up front were, were because the the lack of um, more intimate chemistry and understanding that Jesus has with uh, some of the the starting players. Yeah. The, uh, the one player that we'll, we'll have to talk about a little bit later when we get to where we go from here in phase two is Riyad Mahrez. Yeah. He was really fun to watch. Yeah. The, but the Jesus thing is crazy, by the way. Like, that guy is so good. <laughs> like, he would, I guess, maybe he wouldn't start for Liverpool. Even then, they'd probably find a way to fit him in, right? Like, it's it's crazy that he is basically a bench player. Uh, and even, mm-hmm. like, he's, like, one of the best pure strikers in, in the Premier League, right? Like, top three or something. Um, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, another thing that we'll have to consider with Jesus and Aguero, and, yeah, let's move on just to quickly talk about Aguero, is um, – the international break that's coming up after game week eight. Aguero was not named to the Argentinian squad. He, is, he hasn't traveled um, for international duty yet this season. And I don't. I, I assume Jesus was called up. I actually don't know. But that could actually be another more immediate thing that helps us extrapolate um, what Pep's starting 11 is going to be coming out of the international break, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So Aguero got the bench. Uh, I had captain Aguero. It looked like Aguero was definitely going to start uh, because he had been rested midweek and he didn't play in the Champions League prior. So now what's the issue here? So Pep had all these cryptic comments in his uh, pre-weekend his press embargoed quotes, which were meaningless. Mm. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though there was one embargoed quote that I thought was interesting where he claimed that prior to just prior to the weekend, Aguero approached him and said he felt a little niggle in his leg. And so Pep said, good, then I will go with Jesus. And uh, that's that. Wait, wait, what's that? That that was a that was a oh, oh, like that was a quote that came out that he said, yeah, Aguero said he had a niggle in his leg. Like, did you hear that before the game we kicked off? I did not. It just came out. I saw it posted to the Fantasy Football Scout article that came out late in the day, Sunday, which we're recording. Okay. So uh, he says, yesterday, this is Pep talking, yesterday yeah. Sergio felt something a little bit in the leg. I said, okay, to start the game, I prefer Gabriel. In the uh, last okay. minutes, sharp, go Sergio. He came. He came in and makes two actions to shoot. The third came from him. So I guess this is actually a pep quote from after okay. the Everton match. Yeah, I was going to say, that'd be like, uh, if, if that, I did not hear that come up before the match, or that would have been a real game changer. So no, the one yeah. before the match was just like, oh, they're both great strikers. And isn't it horrible to, to manage like a billion pounds of players and not have slots for all of them? And it was just like, <laughs> poor me. Yeah, poor yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if this solves any of our questions. Um, but just to state the obvious, the rotation is going to happen. Yeah. I still believe Aguero will get more minutes by some distance than Jesus will. It's got to be a tricky spot for you, though. I mean, having KDB, Sterling, and Aguero, I mean, at some point you have to think about divesting one of those three, right? Just just because, I mean, this is now three game weeks in a row where one of those three has not started. And they're all so expensive, yeah. you know, that yeah. eventually yeah. you probably do have to move one of them, right? Yeah, I do think you're right. And if it's going to be one of them between Sterling, De Bruyne and Aguero, I think Aguero does have to move on. It's really Um, close with him and Sterling, I think. Yeah, I think I just have to give it a couple more weeks and see if I can sort of figure out any more intelligence on 
rotation threat or form more specifically. I'm, I guess, and we have to keep preaching this, I guess we have to be less concerned about rotation as it is inevitable, but form will be really important with these city players. So um, I think I'm going to get it, definitely one, maybe two more weeks out of this um, trident of city players. Your troika? Yeah, that sounds <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we had a question here from Cheeto Chip, who says, now that Jesus is fit again, does Aguero rotation early sub threat mean it's time to jump ship on him? So I I mentioned international duty. We have a break after game week eight and the Champions League, of course, which City, uh, they play on. They play on Tuesday and they're hosting Dynamo Zagreb. So it's a home match. So it's it's less of a stress on the traveling uh, on the playing team but i'm just gonna have to watch uh what yeah. these lineups are and to make my judgment call yeah we're gonna see one surprise next saturday that's just a given or sunday or whenever they play and that's just we'll just you know uh did they play on saturday or sunday they play on sunday okay so they play on sunday so that's even less of a concern i suppose um so yeah i think um i mean this this man city thing i, I don't know what we're gonna do about it i mean like, we can't spend 15 minutes on every podcast every week <laughs> right like like yeah. trying to answer an unanswerable question um i, I you yeah. know i think the question of who you'd want more between sterling aguero is really interesting though um assuming mm-hmm. that you that you have you know only want one of those two um and it sort of actually leads right into uh mo Salah, who i think is right up there as well i think as like a you know a lot of people are, are debating getting rid of him or or considering what to do with him you know there's a sort of again this question sort of comes back to the captaincy thing it's, it's kind of what spurred me on a little bit before people were like well i'm not going to be captaining him for the next few game weeks so why don't i just drop him and i'm like well don't you like goals and assists mm-hmm. you know because those are what he <laughs> he brings um so uh, you know i mean i have salah i thought he looked pretty aggressive i thought he played reasonably well um at the uh uh in the match um you know, it was sort of a it was just a really well played match by sheffield i thought this could happen um but i also thought they could break things down and i mean yeah you look at the end you're like oh solo blanks again but i mean he laid a ball on a platter for roberto firmino or for me like firmino just all he had to do was open his body and that's a goal um mm-hmm. you know in the 40th minute or something like that and uh and Teddy passes it off to Sterling, which I, I classic unselfish Firmino, I guess. But you know, Mane bonks it off the crossbar, or I mean, off the um, off the, side, the off the post, and mm-hmm. uh, we you know the restart, and you know, late on the match, he's bearing down on the keeper, the ball falls to him. And there were a bunch of mistakes that Sheffield made in that match. I, you know, it's raining the whole time too, and I wonder if that helped them a little bit. I might have, I think I might have slowed the ball down a little bit. So yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I feel like um, in another case that's a three nail or four nil win and uh but credit to Sheffield for sure but uh, i didn't walk yeah. into that thinking oh i've got to drop salah he needs to go i need to find uh, my salah replacement um i didn't feel that way at all and you know part of it for me is looking ahead to their fixtures they have some tricky fixtures ahead which i think in some ways actually helps them a little bit you know like this leicester match in game week eight i think is a good challenge for them and i think that leicester is a team that will actually play them a little bit yeah you know and same with man united in game week nine spurs in game week 10 you know tricky fixtures to a degree but away to man united i mean man united are going to try to win that game right so mm-hmm. i mean that should open up a lot of opportunities for that Salah, trent alexander arnold link up you know and uh 
And same with Spurs, assuming they have any defenders left uh, by game week 10 and Spurs <laughs> and uh, a challenge too. So uh, yeah, I know that Aria red card was ridiculous. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of my feelings on, on Salah. I, I suppose I'd feel the same way about Mane and Firmino for that matter, if I had them. I mean, do you, do you feel yeah. any, any differently? Well, uh, slightly different in that I sort of tried to anticipate this happening on my wild carding game going into game week five, and I went without any Liverpool attack and was looking ahead to these tricky fixtures, and Liverpool can go through these patches where they're not an explosive team. They Like just what they did uh, against Sheffield United, they just find a way to grind out a win. Um a lot of it, as as you mentioned, kind of down to to bad luck and and some poor decision making. The first two minutes of that match, Sheffield United were all out of sorts, and I thought Liverpool were just going to steamroll them. Credit yeah. to them; they swiftly organized and and totally got it together. But Salah's form—you see this happening time and time again, where defenders seem to have figured out all they have to do is do what Odomendi tries to do every time, just stick a foot in on Salah and they can tackle him pretty easily. Right. Not pretty easily, totally. but they can He'll tackle the him. Away. So, um, but that'll happen. That's why Salah has never, even at his peak, been a great bonus point player because he right. does get dis- dispossessed a lot, but he's still capable of all those moments of magic. So you think... Yeah. yeah, I do genuinely think the fixtures are tricky. I think Salah is not in the best form right now. But then you go back sure. to your whole cadre. Was it a cadre of randos that you, that you mentioned? They <laughs> Something ran, like that. A collection yeah. of randos? Something like that. Yeah. Um, we, we've gotten some questions on the Slack or social where it's like, should I get rid of Salah? And I'm just like, well, if you have him, I I will not be the one to tell you to get rid of Mo Salah. I guess is where I stand right, right. now because um, FPL team the, the graveyard the graveyard of ruined FPL seasons is littered with teams that mm-hmm. went without Mo Salah for an extended period. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, for for yeah. a little while. It's I mean, honestly, even the last couple of game weeks is fine. You know, I was looking at his you know nine five and three right in the last three that averages out to a little over five points per match um, i think in the season he's averaging 7.5 points per fixture um you know in terms of his fpl returns he's got seven bonus points in the season i feel i feel pretty good about him to be honest i mean he's kind of i think he's going to end up where you want him to be you know he's going to be at 20 goals something like 10 assists um, you know, I, I really feel like he's, he's a borderline season keeper. I just feel like he's, you know, one of the five best players in the premier league and and, they, and he yeah. plays on one of the best attacking teams in the country. And, you know, so I don't know, I'm trying not to get mm. too results oriented here. I think that he could have gotten more to that match. And if he does, the conversation totally flips, but all yeah. that being said, I, I think I am going to have to just captain man city players indefinitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think we all have a choice right now. Right. We got the a couple of questions. One from Kun Karam. Is it wise to go without Mo Salah until game week 12? That's after the Manchester City fixture. Aubameyang and Vardy and Son look like great options in that run. James Quirrell asked the same thing. And I'm, I'm with you. I think the trick with Salah is you've got a two, maybe three week window where you could go without him. And are you lucky enough to actually play that right? But um, what that also says is that you will need to get Mo Salah back in short order and will you be yep. able to get a 12.5 million midfielder back in uh at short notice when liverpool's fixtures turn and salah's back on form which he invariably will so it's a huge worry and yeah i think if i were with salah right now 
I'd I'd be with you, Josh, and I just wouldn't get rid of him. I get I think I think Sterling maybe. So if I'm looking at my own team, mm-hmm. Aguero, Sterling, De Bruyne. If I needed to get Salah in, I think maybe that's cause for me to keep Aguero and drop Sterling. Uh, De Bruyne is just screwing up everyone's midfield at being a must home. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it really because it just it, it forces some tough questions for everybody else. I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, I guess. But yeah, it's funny because we sort of expected him to be in that like nice to have category, you know, where he was kind of like David Silva or something, you know, and he was getting like mm-hmm. five to eight points every game week, you know, and you're like, oh, it's like. It's really good, but is it like quite enough, you know? Um, but yeah, instead he's like explosive captaincy worthy, you know, which I was really, yeah. I don't think either of us were expecting going into this season. I know I wasn't. Okay. So the last player that people are starting to talk about dropping, will Timu Puki be part of FPL phase two? Say yeah. it ain't so. <laughs> uh, two yeah. two blanks in a row. Yeah. Uh, but I, this guy's 44.7% owned. Six yeah. goals, two assists. What do you think? Well, uh, having watched the last two matches, uh, I, I was a little surprised. I mean, I, honestly, Cantwell was the one who was more likely to get attacking returns out of the uh, Palace, but you really should have scored yeah. a goal uh, in the uh, in that match uh, in, in the first half. Uh, but yeah, Pookie was a little anonymous. I, I don't know if he's getting um, just, you know, I don't know, maybe his form is just dipping a little bit. I mean, it's two blanks in a row. It's not that much for a six million player. Um, you know, he had a 12 point haul against Man City a couple of game weeks ago um, and they play home three of their next five matches. They, they, they do seem like a team that's a lot stronger on at home than on the road. Um, although they also do play Bournemouth in two game weeks and Bournemouth never keep a clean sheet. So I, I feel good <laughs> about him for that as well. So for the next five, I put pretty good. I mean, I think the big thing that I've learned is I do the, the Norwich double up is something I only want to do in select circumstances. So it makes Todd Cantwell less valuable, possibly disposable, depending on what kind of formation you're using. And I've been using a 352 mm-hmm. a fair amount. And if I'm going to use a 352, I do need that that five across the middle to feel like a reliable five, you know? And I'm not sure, sure that I'm feeling that way with Cantwell right now. He might just be a little too green behind the gills. Um, maybe not taking okay. his chances quite as well as he as he should. So Norwich host Aston Villa in game week eight. FPL Husker Du wants to know if Pookie blanks at home in game week eight, is it time to leave the party? Can you withstand a third blank? Because the thing yeah. with Pookie, he's actually, his price is up to 7.2 now. And there are options emerging. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of them in just a minute that we can shift Pookie to. Will that temptation start to creep in if it's a third blank in a row? I think it would need to be more than that. Um, I honestly think that the f- the first time I would really consider dropping him would be going into game week 11. Um, Aston Villa at home in game week 8, Bournemouth away in game week 9, Man United at home in game week 10. I see all three of those as fixtures where he could absolutely get attacking returns. And uh, and then, yeah, Brighton away, I mean, that's kind of a tough match. Uh, I think Brighton's defense is probably a little a little underrated right now. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they played pretty well in that Chelsea match. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and then they play Watford at home in game week 12. And that's a great fixture for him too. So 
I don't think he's going anywhere, to be honest. I think uh, I think it's it's Pookie Party <laughs> until November, Brandon, and uh, let's let's hope okay. it works out. Outstanding. Okay, so we talked about uh, the anxiety that we're feeling. Where do we go from here? Well, who is included in Phase Two? Who is who's going to be the Tom Holland of, <laughs> of um, this portion of the FPL season? So we mentioned him briefly, Riyad Riyad Mahrez at Manchester City. Now four starts. Like, would you believe it? Now four starts in seven game weeks for Riyad Mahrez. Two goals, five assists. He's only 3.2% owned. Boston Prof wants to know, is Mahrez worth a look? He's getting more game time, great points totals. If you have one good bench player, you are covered if he's rotated out. I thought he was one of the most fun players to watch during the Everton City match. Yeah, Uh, but... Four starts is compelling. It started to get compelling. I would love to have a player like Mares because he is that goal scoring player for City at a at a really great price. But mm-hmm. just given everything we talked about with Sterling and Aguero and all of the machinations there of how we're trying to get the most out of our city assets, Mares just does still feel like a bridge too far for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't even think we really need to spend that long on this. I mean, if if you want a kind of unreliable but cheaper Man City asset, I would just go with David Silva, who's 7.6 million. He's already had a couple of rests early on in the season. Um, also has three double digit returns, which I think does that match Mares or actually um, it's actually there that's equal with Mares in terms of double digit returns in the season. So, um, and he's a million cheaper. So, I think. They offer similar threat, and one is seven point six million, and one is eight point five. I don't really know that you want either. I, I was sort of debating bringing in David Silva, uh, and before I went with Mason Mount, and uh, I, I, I'm happy with I'm happy with Mount. I'll just say that much. Uh, right. Uh, just that, right. like, just the, the, the I, I don't want to have any of these Man City players with the anxiety of whether they're going to start or not. It's just like it's too it's too stressful. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like I, I don't like it, and. Uh, I, yeah, just give me like a slightly less explosive asset who's going to actually play every game week because yeah. it's it's actually pretty hard to have like really good players on your bench that you want to come in if you're starting. Right. I mean, like it's just it's hard to mm. pull that off. You know, it's like it's hard to even even and even if you do, it's hard to get the order of your bench right so that the right player comes <laughs> in. Yep. You know, I've been I mean, there. You saw with, yeah, mm-hmm. Lundstrom last week, right? It's like yes, who yeah, knows? That, it's like hurt, a, that hurt me. But it's a coin flip, you know? It's like, I mean, Cantwell, yeah. he absolutely could have done something, you know, um, right. in his, his match. Right. So. Yep. so, yeah, all right, let's move on to about Jamie Vardy. Uh, maybe we'll take Vardy and Madison together, Brandon. Uh, yeah, let's do yeah. let's do them together. Everyone is has their eyes on Leicester City. They're now third place in the table. But we've kind of been putting them off to the side because of this Liverpool fixture in game week eight. Seems like Leicester's season starts in game week nine for all intents and purposes. I brought in Vardy going into game week five, suffered two blanks, and then his brace against Newcastle was really kind of the the head start that I needed to make that early call on Vardy mm-hmm. worth it for me. Danny Bean made an interesting point here. He says, as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, it's been beautiful to watch the slow demise of Steve Bruce. But also from that Newcastle game, it was interesting to see Vardy get a brace against the kind of team he supposedly struggles against. Is he for real this season? And uh, our friend Tom Campbell, FPL mayor, he pointed me to this Premier League tweet, a tweet from the Premier League Twitter account that stated, 
It's kind of shocking. I don't know if it's shocking to you, Josh, that Jamie Vardy has, with this Newcastle match, surpassed Cristiano's goal total of 84 goals, in which Ronaldo, it took him 196 Premier League matches to reach 84 goals. In less yeah. than that, 183 matches, Vardy is on 85. So um surprises me that Ronaldo I, I, played I, that many Premier League matches, to be honest. <laughs> right? I, I didn't yeah, think it was that yeah. that long. Yeah, 196. That's like, what is that, like six seasons worth? That's that's a lot. Yeah, recent history makes you feel like he was born and raised in Real Madrid. Sure, but, sure. Um, JB Vardy, 8.9. It's not that expensive. And his ownership is still quite low, relatively yeah. speaking, at 8.8%. So if you look at the run of fixtures that after Liverpool – it's Burnley, Southampton, Palace, um, Arsenal. Uh, who do they have after Arsenal? Brighton, Everton, Watford in game week fifteen. Captainable fixture there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good so run of fixtures. I, I mean, we have to mm-hmm. we have to like, we have to talk about the red card though too, right? Because that did sort of, you know, I mean, credit to Leicester for seeming like the only team in the world that actually knows how to play once the other once the other team gets a red card it was like they had like the perfect red card attack i was like yeah this is like this is how you do it you know it was like they kind of yeah. kept the defense yeah. stable and they just created a billion chances and i feel like so often you see these teams get red cards and they don't know how to break break their team down you know so but so i mean i think that probably does give already stats a little bit I think that's fair. And having watched their matches the last two weeks, I feel like their attack is a little bit muted. Um, I don't know. Interesting to see what's to come. I'll certainly stay the course with Vardy. Uh, So it sounds like you have no real temptation to get Vardy in at the moment. But Madison there at 7.1 million, 10.5% ownership, uh, probably going to be fit to start. There was some mm-hmm. question of a late fitness test for Madison for this weekend, which tells me that it's not so bad with his ankle. He'll probably be good to go yeah. for game week eight. Um, is he a better option or is he just a more, not a better option, but a more palatable for your budget option over Jamie Vardy for you? Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I think, uh, I mean, I have the kind of same midfield issues that you have right now where I'm just like, I don't have any money to spend there, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. I've got sterling sala and uh sterling you know sterling sala and kdb right now i don't want to drop any of them and you know i I just i mean i know we talked about this at the top of this segment and but to me like i don't see that like madison is so valuable that i just want to drop down and and bring him in you know it's like a as like my sala replacement or something you know so Mm -hmm. um i don't know he is he's a good player he's kind of like He's 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 very Dusan Tadici too. Sometimes we're just like he's like he's like the stat king. He like he fills up a box score. Like he, he seems like he's gonna <laughs> yeah. be this amazing fantasy asset. Then you look and you're like, wait, one goal in the season, you know? And it's like, is he just? It's like at yeah. some point, it's like, is he unlucky or is he just not maybe quite accurate enough? I don't know. Like, what is there like? Like how long? How long does does is a player just continuously unlucky before you have to sort of wonder if there's like right. Right. Some something that's preventing him from being a little bit better than he is, you know, as a, as a fantasy asset. I do like the Tadich comparison, and I think it was Brendan Rodgers who was likening Madison to Philippe Coutinho, and he was like, "I want Madison to be what Coutinho was when he was at Liverpool." And Coutinho's game is, <clears throat> I'm going to blast one in or bend one in, you know, from outside the box, and 
that's so hard to like what makes yeah. Coutinho amazing or when he was in his, his the best the height of his form was he was consistent at making those long range shots yeah. very hard to pull that off so it's a high totally. bar for Madison to clear and I, I tend to agree with you it's probably not not worth the price at this point particularly when you've got a guy named Callum Wilson you could Callum. put Callum Wilson for just 7.9 million pounds. Put him up front, Josh. Right, no Brandon. blanks on the season. Let me repeat, no blanks on the season. He's going to be the one, one character to carry over from phase one to phase two of the FPL season. We're calling him the truth from now on. Okay, Callum Wilson is the truth. From now on, we're not going to say Callum or Wilson. It's just the truth. And we'll just say the truth scored again. The truth assisted again. Yep. I want a T-shirt with with hit with a like one of those like like a, like the iconic image of him. You know, like I just want like a sort of he, he doesn't really have like, like a Che mind. Guevara sort of a situation. Yeah, like exactly like some sort of like illustrated version of him with just, just the truth on top. Because uh, <laughs> we'd sell, we'd sell, we'd tell you we'd sell a billion T-shirts if we had that. Uh, yeah, how many people is, are on planet Earth? Because that's how many T-shirts we're selling. Yeah, Probably seven, times two because everyone's going to want to give them away as gifts. That's true, actually. Yeah, and like, and ba- babies who haven't been born yet too. So there's yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to consider there. He is he's awesome, and uh, <laughs> we all abandoned him too early. Five goals and three assists in the season. He's, he's that's more that's more goals than most Salah has in the season. Uh, he is still only seven point nine million, which means he's down point one <laughs> on the season. I just can't, starting price. I'm laughing through this entire segment. It's insane. He, I mean, no one owns him. Uh, they play Norwich and Watford in the next couple of game weeks. It's crazy. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a Pookie replacement, he's got to be considered possibly above Tammy, right? Like, I know Tammy is like mm-hmm. hot, hot player du jour, but I, I wonder if Wilson <laughs> is actually the more reliable, the more reliable asset. You know, I, I mean, mean the God, truth. having Wilson, having Wilson for that game week nine fixture at home to Norwich would be like. I would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah, there it is. The truth. All right. So you mentioned Tammy. Chelsea is next on the uh, phase two schedule here. Andy Martin says, should every team have these three players, Tomori, Jorginho and Mount for only 16 million? So we're talking about budget and speaking of budget, Colum Hudson-Odoi, he back. He played 27 minutes and got an assist. Jorginho, uh, I feel like we, he's a super divisive player yeah. in that uh like what what role does he actually fill in fpl yeah he hasn't had horrible returns so far this season but um if you had to have three players from chelsea name them mm, okay okay i need i need a, i need to pull up chelsea here i i'll do okay, it yes. but i just need to pull this up real quick <clears throat> all right so yeah if i had to have three you're, yeah you're so making I, you're, you're, you're playing you're playing your wild card heading into game week eight and there's a rule yeah. that says you have to have three chelsea players who are they yeah i guess i'll go i'll go abraham mount tamori i guess that's kind of the template three picks but i mean mm-hmm. tamori 4.6 million picks up a bonus point this game week i he was a wait and see for me. I I ended up going Same. with with Son you know Sonyu um Sonyu Su. I knew how to Chu. Sonyu Chu, right? I had to write the first time. Yeah, Sonyu Chu. Yeah. Uh, who I thought was maybe just a little more reliable. I, I came over really impressed. I mean, honestly, you know, if, if barring that that Vardy brace, he's on I think eight bonus points for the game week. So 
Um, you know, or actually it was Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans got a late assist, which knocked <laughs> yep. him down from seven to six. Yeah. The uh, classic uh, skimmed his haircut assist for Johnny Evans. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I think those are the those are the three that I would go with. I mean, Tamari looks pretty pretty locked into that team right now. I, you know, that whole midfield, I mean, it's amazing. The three, six, nine, twelve. There's like 14 players in that Chelsea midfield. It goes insanely deep. Um, how's it do? I mean, he's just, you know, I mean, he's like he's like Mares, where it's like he might get a couple starts, I guess, but you know, it's not I'm not at all tempted by by him. Um, and then yeah, Tammy, I think Tammy looks good. Missed a couple of big chances and um two blanks in a row now for him. I mean, I you know, it's sort of he looks awesome, but um I don't know. He does look awesome. And I wish I had him in my team. Yeah. But I don't and I, I feel like I'm not like it's not killing me not to have him. I mean, I don't know. Like it's <laughs> yeah. what do you how do you yeah. feel about Tammy? You don't have Tammy either. Yeah, I don't. Uh I don't I just don't really like him that much, but his form is kind of undeniable and I yeah, I respect that. He's somebody I'm definitely thinking of getting in. How could I not? And the fact that he's blanked a couple of times, he was going to have to revert back to the mean at some point. Like players yeah. just can't go on those streaks and a player in that uh 6.5 to 7.5 price bracket we talk about it all the time they will blank Be- and right. you would and you should expect them to if you expect Tammy to never blank then you're effectively saying this guy's going to score 38 goals at least throughout the course of the season it's just never going to happen so it's okay yeah. you you stay the course you try to move from so long as Tammy has decent fixtures and is getting the big chances then you stick with him because otherwise you're just like casting around trying to find the other tammy on the right week and you know invariably you'll drop tammy he'll score you'll bring in Alaire and he'll blank totally. and so on and it's, so forth it's like so the, 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 the five points I, I totally agree i mean the five points from Alaire this game week was like uh, some people were like burning four to to move Alaire to tammy and it was like and he ended up with two. So what is that like a seven point swing right there? You know, just mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you just, yeah, exactly. You can't just keep, I mean, you can, you can try to shuttle a little bit, but I mean, at some point, yeah, I agree. You have to like give, you have to give players a chance once you bring them in, you can't just like give them one, one game. We right. can move on. Uh, the, I know we got to move on here. Like actually, you know, just get, get to our, our beloved lightning round soon, Brandon. Yes. But I will say right, right. that one thing I will note is I think we saw this weekend with, with Man City and, and Liverpool both playing difficult away matches that that sometimes I think when we look at like the the, the, the green red um, sort of breakdown on the fantasy site is it's a very useful optical thing. You know, you're like, oh, it's like a sea of, of the you know, the fixed or difficulty rankings. It's like, oh, it's a sea of green or whatever. But I, yeah. I do think that we sometimes underrate how difficult away matches can be. And so looking at Chelsea, it's like, yeah, it's like a sea of green. But three of their next four are away matches, away to Burnley, away to Watford, away to Southampton. And, you know, for a young team, I think those away matches are even trickier. It's not like this is a veteran Chelsea team. So I I feel like I've got Mason Mount. That's maybe good for me right now with Chelsea, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. maybe two feels like a little bit like overkill. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. All right, so we mentioned Allaire briefly, and the other West Ham player we have to talk about, scoring two goals and two, Rui Bento wants to know, should we talk about Yarmolenko? 5.9 price, 2.3% ownership, five starts on the season. Like he's kind of like slowly crept into relevance and three goals now. So 
any temptation there for Yarmolenko? Like you would, who would you move to bring him in? I mean, he's basically yeah. taking Mason Mount is taking the Yarmolenko spot and Mount hasn't really done anything that would say he's lesser than somebody like Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko just feels like he is very much flavor of the week. Uh, yeah. He will probably disappear as quickly as he came into this conversation. That's my prediction. Yeah, it's hard to say, you know, because he looked really good last year before he got injured, you know, and he looks yeah. really good. This, I don't know, I he's actually, he's, I actually think of him as a possible Cantwell replacement. Um, if I'm going to kind of stick with a three five two, um, I'm probably mm-hmm. eventually going to drop Zinchenko and Juan Basaka, uh, and if I do that, I should be able to generate like I don't know, like something like one to one point five million, uh, which would allow me to move Cantwell over. That's 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 if I don't decide to put that money into Connor Wickham or something, you know, finally have like three forwards again. Um, Mm -hmm. So not to get too caught up my own team, but yeah, I think, uh, I think he looks really good. Again, I think it's the, the price is kind of tricky um, depending on what your formation looks like. But uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, he looks good. I mean, I have a layer and a a layer in Yarmolenko seems like a lot. Yeah, it does. So a layer, you know, no, just one assist, no goals in the last three matches. I'm starting to lose a little patience, but the fixtures are just quite good. Crystal Palace yeah. at home. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think what you're saying is right there. You, you, we have to put a certain amount of stock in, in home fixtures for West Ham. Everton, yeah. <laughs> really decent attacking fixture for a lot of teams. Yeah, United, came- Newcastle, too. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. So Lanzini is back. So all this concern about is there enough creativity or, or um, enough people funneling the balls to Allaire? There you go. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that he really helps a lot. Just just having, I don't really, I still don't like him as a fantasy asset. I mean, for the just for the reasons we just saw that he just he's very prone to just miss a game week or two for for like a, a minor injury. But when he plays, he does seem to like just give that whole team like a jolt of life and energy. And we saw that mm-hmm. in his you know, 20 plus minute run in that Bournemouth match. So yeah, I mean, as, as you were just saying, their, their fixtures are, are too good. I think to drop LA right now, it's like, I'm just, I'm just going to yeah. stick with him for a while. Him and Pookie, I think I just, I hope it works, man. I hope it works. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I'm doing one more team a favor here in this phase two discussion. And that's Arsenal. Tommy wants to know, I'm looking at Arsenal and their run of games coming up. Is now the time to take a serious look at some of their players outside of Aubameyang? Who is their most attractive asset? I will pose to you, Josh, a yes or no question. Is there any other Arsenal player at all that you would want outside of Aubameyang? Yes or no? Yes. Only Gwendozy. If I was playing in a more like a four four two or a four three three or something like that, mm-hmm. I do like him as a fifth midfielder. Um, I think he has a little bit of assist threat. He looks like he's kind of locked into that team right now. He's in great form, um, so he's the one player. Uh, Pepe, I think, is too expensive. I don't trust him, and obviously that defense is un- unownable. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the fixtures Arsenal have coming up are just truly, truly magnificent. Chef's kiss. Wow. But um, (laughs) so that's an interesting move for me to consider as Aguero to Aubameyang. But God, there's just something so distinctly unappealing about Arsenal these days. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, and I said that as an Arsenal fan, but yeah, I, I agree. I just, ugh, I don't know. Like even, <laughs> even when they won that Aston Villa match, I was like, oh, this is like such a mess. Like, uh. yeah. on that note, let's take a quick break. We've got a lightning round and a game week eight preview to come. Be right back. 
Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Josh, do you know that feeling that you get? It's the distinct feeling when you put on a suit and that suit fits you just so. Mm-hmm. It fits you really well. Yes, Is I that do. not like the best feeling, the most powerful feeling? Great, powerful feeling. Uh, it's so good. So Indochino, they are the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for that great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. A lot of these bespoke suit places, they cost you an arm and a leg. Indochino, almost all of their custom clothing is under $400 US. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will then be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom. Just Google it. Or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. All right. And I'll just I'll just note that you can walk into almost any department store or any kind of, you know, big box chain store and they will very happily just do your measurements for you. I've done that myself a couple of times. I, I now have my That's neck a, and yeah. arm size locked away, which is kind of a useful thing to have just in general. How often uh, do you get your neck measured? You know, like, uh, is it like a <laughs> once a month? You it's know, like going to I did dentist. it about, there was a, I actually went to a, a, a sample sale a couple of months ago and I got my neck measured there. So there you go. Uh, yeah, not there that often awesome. though, for sure. All right. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, when you're selling online, getting your orders can be a real pain. It's time consuming. It's expensive. There are so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you order, get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy no matter where you're selling. If you're selling on Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. It's really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. It works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. Right now, always cheating listeners, that's you, can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. That's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. It's big. I like that. Mm, nice. uh, just visit ShipStation.com. Uh, click. Yeah, big true. Uh, click on the. It is true, Brandon. Uh, click on the microphone at the top of your homepage <laughs> and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter offer code blue, B-L-U-E. We'll see you there. All right, Brandon, we're back. Lightning round time. Brandon, I say this all the time, but I mean it this time. It's a true lightning round today. You and I have succession episodes to get to. This is crucial. Yeah, we do. So, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm leaving for a trip. Uh, the, the lot's going on right now. You got to uh, get on that plane, buddy. Yeah, exactly. It takes off in 30 minutes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm in the uh, I'm in the Delta Sky Lounge right now, recording this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Sound is great. <laughs> uh, Jeff Wabshma says, "Now that Pepperoletta is in full swing, or indeed spin, should we just ignore Man City players for captaincy and put the armband on anyone playing Watford or Newcastle?" 
interesting. Yeah, we talked about captaincy a little bit unexpectedly uh, at the Mm -hmm. start of the pod um, about maybe people uh, put a little too much um, meaning on it. Mm-hmm. If, you think, if you think about it this way, which what which team is the one most likely to score three or more goals? It's Manchester City. It's just it's really tricky this season to get that player that's um, going to be the one that gets the double digit haul. I still feel really great about Manchester City when we talk about our teams for game week eight. Um, it will be no surprise that my bus team has a Manchester City captaincy. I still feel really good about their ability to absolutely wax the floor with any opposition in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's uh, it's it could it could blow up in your face, but uh, probably won't. And um, you know, I think that I mean, we saw it last week. You know, yeah, Sterling didn't play a minute. Fine, you got KDB as your vice captain. Uh, Aguero only plays 15 minutes, but it's fine because he's he got attacking returns because that team is so explosively attacking. So, um, yeah. So I think it's uh, I, I I'm with you. Let's let's just keep yeah. captain, Brennan. Well, until they go on some like horrible <laughs> run of form or something, you just have to keep keep with it, right? Yeah, and just like it, just as you're saying, like you just have to stay the course. It's also. Um, like Jamie, it's easy to look at your team if you have Jamie Vardy this week. He's got the brace. You're kicking yourself like, ah, obviously home Newcastle. Why didn't I just go with my gut and captain Jamie Vardy? Well, this you'll get burned. It, it's it's all part of the same sort of um, headache, right? You, you just you just have to kind of. What am I trying to say here? Um, I'm just trying to say, keep captaining Manchester City players. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, exactly. You're trying to find another in. another way to say it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a more creative way of saying the same thing. All right, what's the next question? Rob Butler says, "I'm tempted to wild card, but I can get my wild card team. I guess that he means the team he, he wants on a wild card for a 12 point hit. What should I do?" Rob, you should Brand. wild card, man. Yeah, wild card. Yeah, minus twelve. That's yeah, just just wild card. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's too much. There's not there's not some magic moment, you know, in game week fourteen when everything is perfect and it's like the ideal time to wild card. I, I think it's just I, I just just play that wild card, man. Just join the club. It's the fun. cat. I mean, it's it's gone horribly. It was catastrophic for both of us, but you know, it won't be for you, Rob. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other the other piece of advice is never wild card. It's the worst thing you could do to your <laughs> right. team. I mean, because that, that's the that's the other question. The question that we then ask Rob is like, how? What's your team like? Like, is your team actually might be good? Like, the perfect team today is not the perfect team tomorrow. I was going to agree with you because I just I, I yeah. I mean, I did the always treating advice shop this week and. People, uh, which is back, by the way, Brandon, I found a new way to do it that doesn't uh, drive me crazy. So <laughs> let's start doing we that love again. It. We love to see it, Josh. More advice shops. Yes. Yeah, it's fun fun to do um, as long as no one takes it too seriously. But, but, you know, a lot of people were like, yeah, like I want to wild- do like a minus eight or like like my, I, my team is a mess. And then you see it and you're like, this is a good team. It looks good, you know. And it's like I think it's just that temptation like you were talking about earlier just to have – whoever the absolute hottest player is. And sometimes you just have to accept that you're just not going to be able to have them. And just, you know, the players you have, you brought in for a reason. All right. I'm going to take the next lightning round question here. It's from John Reynolds who asked, any tips on waiting to break even with a player? I held on to Milivojevic just long enough for a 10-pointer. His 2, 2, 1, 2, 1, 4, and then 10 gives me a 3.14. Hey, that's pie. Points mm-hmm. per game, which isn't great, but now I can drop him and move on. Should I wait to sell when his price goes up? 
this idea was interesting to me that John brings up of just sort of playing this game of FPL where you're trying to break even on every purchase, every player that you bring into into your squad. Yeah. Um, is that rem- remotely appealing to you? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that I'm not even sure I understand the question. Like he wants to like sort of get back to like the original price or something. Um, or what, what, what is, what is he asking for here? Brandon? I think, I think what John's asking and I, I correct us if, if we're wrong, but he basically just wants to get some points from a player before he decides to jump ship. Uh, so now he's gotten his double digit haul from Milivojevic. Now it's time to say so long, goodbye. Uh, as opposed to just straight up giving up on a player that's not working. And I think that's yeah. my response to John's question of like, if a player is not working, you gotta, you gotta go, man. And yeah, yeah, eventually a player, you probably brought the player in cause they're good. Eventually they will come good, but right. at what risk uh, or at what loss to you in the long term? So as you say, like a 3.1 yeah. for re- average return over seven game weeks is just not good enough for a player who's what he's like seven million Milivojevic. It's too much. It's too much. It's, yeah, it's almost like the. I think a good rule of thumb is don't be too patient with teams that aren't like top six teams. You know, like mm-hmm. unless like that team is like a, a like you know kind of like because those players tend to be a little more expensive, but they're usually priced that way for a reason. You know, they have a track record either either with their club or somewhere else in Europe or something, you know, there's a, there's a reason why they cost that money. So even if you have a couple of blanks, you can sort of trust that they're going to come good. But I think with some of these, these teams that aren't as strong, especially when you, when you think of like a midfielders and forwards, it's like, they just won't score enough. You know, they just won't get enough. You know, they just won't create enough opportunities for your, for those, you know, for your player to, to come good. So um, I feel mm-hmm. like I, I feel like I could have been more articulate there, but I think you get my point. So let's just move on <laughs> to the next question. Okay, I do good, get your good. point. Yeah. Good. All right. The last question of the light. <laughs> good. Good. Okay. Everything's good, Josh. That's great. All right. So the last question, our lightning round, actually feeds us into the game week eight preview. Cheerio wants to know thoughts on Aguero great. for game week eight. So Josh, time to break out your bus team. All right. Look, get mm-hmm. fire up that tab on your your Chrome. What are you on? Yep. What are you on today? Yep. You on Firefox Chrome? I'm on Chrome. I, I, I'm mostly Chrome these days. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I sort of, I like Chrome. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, not bad. I, I, what am I supposed to be using? I don't know. Like <laughs> Firefox I, like is back again, I guess. I don't know. Not Safari. That's what I know you're not supposed to use I Safari. like Safari, actually. I would be using <laughs> Safari right now if it weren't for the podcasting software that we use actually requires Chrome or Firefox. But yeah, yeah I'm one of those yeah. random um, Safari guys. Anyway, yeah, so I've got my bus phone. team here. Yeah. Yep. It is built. Into, I like things that are built into my life. I, I want to be a, a lazy, dumb consumer. Um, all right. So my bus team here for game week eight, uh, Cheerio yep. wants to know how we feel about our Aguero. He is my bus team captain. Sure. Aguero loves home matches. And uh, of course, as we mentioned, we'll monitor what happens midweek with them uh, playing in the Champions League, of course, home on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But and it seems certain that Aguero will start that match because that was something that Pep was saying in his comments of like he wants everyone to get time and Sergio right. didn't play in the last Champions League match. So maybe we want him to play this time around. But I like him to start at home. Wolves, he's my captain. 
Yeah, I have it on De Bruyne right now. Um, I captured him at home two weeks ago. Obviously, it went really well. I think Sterling is really tempting too. It's it's between those two, um, and I just I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one um, is the better is mm-hmm. the better option to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I think with Sterling, he played I think a full ninety. No, he did play the full ninety. But he played seventy something at midweek, and then he played the full ninety yesterday and if he plays the full 90 again on tuesday now do i have to start worrying that he might be you know i don't know it's if if he or de bruyne arrested either one of them arrested midweek i would captain that i would captain the rested player (laughs) this weekend yeah right. Um, right. you know just i have a feeling like it's going to be more complicated than that yeah, I'm sure it will I think, be. I'm sure. I'm sure they're both going to play, and they're both going to get taken off like within a minute of each other, and it's going to be impossible to. <laughs> to well, pick. I mean, I actually I have vice captain De Bruyne, so I'm feeling that um, De Bruyne magic. Wow. same as you. I face a very challenging benching decision in game week eight, so um, it's one of those rare weeks where I kind of want to play everyone. Um, so Lundstrom has Watford, but you know I brought in Issa Diop for whatever that's worth. If I'm not Mm going to play Diop home against Crystal Palace, I don't know why I brought this player in. So I think he plays. I've got Loughton at home, Van Dyke at home, Lundstrom playing a terrible Watford, but away. Um, Mm I don't want to play all of them. Then I've got Jamie Vardy um, versus Allaire at home and Aguero at home. Jamie Vardy is away Liverpool. Am I really going to bench Lundstrom and Vardy? That seems like a lot of cool people on my bench you can't vent you can't bench uh vardy can you i mean like liverpool's defense is not impressed i personally i i, I just don't think you would ever bench jamie vardy to be honest and i don't know mm-hmm. like benching a nine million player in general is just like not something i'm gonna do very often you know like i feel like if a play if i think a player is benchable at that price then i probably just don't want them at all <laughs> you know so we have we've entered uncharted territory of phase two of fpl in which uh, Todd Cantwell gets the pick over Jamie Vardy. Uh, the, you, there's just no way. There's just, there's just no way you end up starting Cantwell over Vardy. I, I refuse to believe <laughs> that will actually happen. Uh-huh. I I will I will walk to your house and pay you five dollars. Okay, I'll just, it's, not even, it's not even a bet. It's not even a bet. Uh-huh. I will just pay you five dollars because I was payment I will for have services rendered. If you pay, if you play Cantwell over Vardy, because I do not think. You will end up doing that. I think in the end, you will. You will. I'm just saying that's what I would do. So uh, <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to talk do you about have the any fixtures at all? For you? No, I don't um, want to yeah. talk about them. Yeah. Well, let's. Do, I, I want to talk more about your bus team. What are your benching dilemmas? Sure. Then we can yeah, talk yeah. about the fixtures a bit. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I have. Um, yeah, I do. I'm actually starting Lundstrom. Uh, I have uh, Aaron Juan Basaka on my bench right now. Uh, <laughs> this guy's been tricky. chilling on your bench forever. <sighs> It just it was just like a wasted transfer, and I'm not. I don't want to double down by starting him anymore, you know. Because it's, I mean, yeah, I missed one clean sheet. But other than that, it's been it was a one point haul, a zero, a two, a one, and I've got nothing mm-hmm. out of him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was just I'm, I'm just biting my time, you know. I've had other like fish to fry, so uh, he's on my bench right now. I, you know, as far as transfers, I mean, so I have a three five two right now, and I've got Mount mm-hmm. Salah, Sterling, De Bruyne, Cantwell across the middle. Alaire and Pookie up front. I mean, I kind of like the look of my team other than not having, you know, I don't have, um, uh, I don't have Tammy and I don't have Aguero, you know, and those are the two things that really worry me. But other than that, I kind of like the team. And so then, yeah, Wampasaka versus Lundstrom, 
I don't know. You know, who knows? I have Zinchenko too. And so that's like a worry as well. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's a little tricky. Um, I agree with you. I I think I've, I've got a similar, it's really, it's just those one, those one player that, that, those two slots. Mm -hmm. I I think if, if Mendy starts at midweek, I think Zinchenko probably starts at the weekend. He's kind of a funny player, you know? I mean, this is like a whole other segment, but like, does he do anything well? Like what, (laughs) like, what is he good at? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying he's like a, he's obviously good. And he started the second half of last season where Man City, like, didn't drop a point for 12 matches in a row. Like he mm-hmm. was a starter for like all of those, you know? And like, if he was like some massive, you know, problem, then like he would have been exposed presumably. Right. He started the first like five mm-hmm. games for Man City, started the yeah. Champions League. But like, can you tell me what he's good at? Like what, what his like, uh-huh. he I kind he, of links up well with the attack. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. I think he does. I think he's, I think uh, his issue is that Pep just has him on a short leash. Like he's not, he doesn't have much freedom where he is. Um, yeah. He seems to be hesitant to cross the ball. Instead, he'll just cut it back and pass it to the top of the box. I think he's just sort of been told to to do very specific things. I think he's he's really smart. Uh, he He's not wasteful in possession. He's where he, he's where he needs to be. You rarely see him make a like a defensive mistake, the likes of what Odomendi might do. So I think yeah. he's just it, but I, I, I do agree with you in the sense of like it's just a strange player to be on a world class team like Manchester City, where you would want all your players, particularly in, you know, a dynamic fullback position, to have a little more freedom and creativity just to um run at the team. So it's yeah, it's it's an interesting situation, an interesting player on an interesting team. Yeah, I guess it's hard to have a lot of faith in him. I mean, you know, I, I, I maybe like like you said, it's just that Pep just wants that player that he can sort of like just he just trusts that he's going to do exactly what he tells him to do, you yeah. know, and that's just sort of how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, then maybe he keeps keeps a spot. But at five point five million, I don't really feel that safe with him. I also don't feel like I'm ever going to get an assist out of him or anything, you know. Yeah, like I just right. I'm like it's a lot of money for some for players not keeping a ton of clean sheets and isn't keeping isn't like mm-hmm. doing any, any attack and threat. Like moving from like Zinchenko to Pereira and just playing. Perea and just playing, you know, two Leicester defenders after game week eight kind of seems tempting to me right there, you know, just like swap one of those two over. And I mean, that team looks, I was super impressed. I don't know if you watched that whole match today, but uh, you probably did because you have already, but I'm super impressed with, with how they looked. I mean, just, you know, even, even that first half before the red card, I thought they just looked really dominant. They did. The Pereira goal was exceptional. Like his speed, his pace, uh, just incredible. He's, he's the way Vardy drew the attacker mm-hmm. away. It was oh, yep. so nice. Vardy played. Uh, there was a nice link up uh, where Vardy then played Harvey Barnes into the box, which Barnes just guided over the um, the crossbar. But yeah, they they look like they're really coming together, and I want to see them actually scoring more than one or two goals um, against other teams in the league. So I hope there's more to come yeah. from them. I, yeah, I the one thing be. I'm watching with in terms of my transfers this week is uh, word on the street is, is that Allison is back in full training for Liverpool. So um, Adrian in goal, uh, his time is short. Can I squeeze yeah. one more week out of this guy? Um, I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, I have a very unglamorous goalkeeper transfer that I'm going to have to make for game week eight. Yeah. 
Yeah, hey, you knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, it was coming. It was, it was the it was the Faustian bargain that I made. All right, so <laughs> Saturday, the early kickoff, Brighton Spurs, then it's Burnley Everton, Poole hosting Leicester, Norwich Villa. Very, that'll be a great championship promoted team matchup. Watford, Sheffield United, West Ham Palace. What's the match that jumps out to you here? Good question. Um, I think the one that's, yeah, on Saturday, well, that West Ham Crystal Palace match should be kind of interesting. Yeah, there, there was a moment when Lanzini came on with like 20 minutes left in that match where I was like, this West Ham team is like legit pretty good. You know, like there's a lot of like, just a lot to like about them. And uh, Alaire played really well, I thought. And mm-hmm. Is he kind of slow? Like he feels a little, <laughs> a little slow bit, yeah. to me. Like he's he's he, I know he like he he's passes well. He does a lot of things well, but he's he's got like a little like Olivier Giroud in him, which worries me a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's a okay. little a little. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's just he's just big, and that makes him seem small. You know, like everyone really big guys can be kind of awkward sometimes. You know, or look a little awkward. Um, but uh, well, is, yeah, is, is, it, is think, it a French thing? I mean, you mentioned Giroud, uh, Allaire, he's French as well. It's so, true. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe uh, yeah. I think, I mean, Liverpool, Leicester, obviously, just from like a, a neutrals perspective, should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. uh, from fantasy. Brendan Rodgers coming back to Anfield in the Premier League. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good, good point. Uh, Norwich, Aston Villa, from a fantasy perspective, I think should be really interesting. And, you know, we didn't talk about McGinn at all. It's really unfair that we unfair to him that we didn't because he actually (laughs) scored twice yesterday uh looks awesome he's the truth part two john mcginn i think he's the truth part two yeah if if cantwell wasn't playing at home uh interestingly enough against mcginn i would very seriously consider a cantwell to mcginn move Mm -hmm. right now because uh i'm i'm a believer it's just (laughs) always like three goals and assists now in the season it's really really strong right right yeah i'm super john it's great Okay, and then uh, Super Sunday. So actually, a lot of these teams are, uh, most of the Sunday teams, bar Spurs on Saturday, are involved in Europe. So Champions League clashes on Tuesday for City and for Spurs. Wednesday, Liverpool are uh, um, also in the league at home. The only traveling team for the Champions League is Chelsea, and they are also away on Sunday playing Southampton. And to Mm. note, the curse of the Europa League, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Wolves um, will probably look a little quiet uh, based on their Thursday night matches. Right, and United just, and Wolves both that, play away in the Europa League. Yeah, I just realized. Oh, sorry, I just hit my microphone. Uh, I just realized how weird it is that why why again talking about funky scheduling. Why are Arsenal playing on Monday? If they then play on Thursday in the Europa League and then again the following Sunday, that seems like a lot, right? Yeah. Three matches in six days. That's some yeah. funky scheduling right there. Yeah, I think maybe there is there are things that we don't know that that go sure. into scheduling that are, you know, um, s- civic things like, OK, you can't actually park there on this day. So you have to have your sure. match on this sure. day or True. Um, yeah. broadcasting things that have been put on put in right. contracts beforehand. but. All that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Arsenal, Bournemouth, City Wolves. Uh, that will be a big captaincy match right there. Chelsea, Southampton. Yep. Uh, that Southampton just, it's its not happening for them right now. And their form is no. enough to give me faith, even though what you were saying about uh, away fixtures for a young team like Chelsea. Still loving my Chelsea assets this weekend away at Southampton. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think... Uh, 
Yeah, although it is after the Europa League, so there, you know, this could be. I, I, it would not like stun me if Southampton won that match. That was, if that's like a two-one Southampton win or something, that wouldn't like mm-hmm. that would not like knock me over with right with 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 how stunned I was by the results. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, that that's the pod. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened. Uh, just note very quickly once again, if you'd like to support the podcast, if you'd like to continue to chat with me and Brandon, um, uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast. You get an extra podcast each week. You also get access to the Slack, private leagues, and lots more. Brandon, I will just go ahead and do our producer thank yous this Hit week. Hit it, buddy. Thank you. Thank you to Peter Bacatel, Barry McGuire, Paul Hertzig, Victor Foberg, Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stan Niehaus, Kaya Christine Lelang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Chris Carter, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Powell, Stephen Toomey, and last but not least, our first producer, Mike DePietro. You're the man, Mike. Remember, rate, review, subscribe to Always Cheating if you haven't already, just so you never miss an episode. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever fine podcasts are found. Follow us on Twitter, at Hell Cheaters, Instagram, at Hell Cheaters, Facebook.com, slash Always Cheating. Send us your emails. We love emails. Hailcheaters at gmail.com. To visit the Always Cheating t-shirt and coffee mug shop and to see that top 10 list there on the homepage, just go to our website, alwayscheating.com. And uh, our Patreon thank yous, after much ado, uh, new uh, supporters as of this week, all at the Lord Sorloth tier. Big thank you and warm welcome to Yap Way, Nick Snigers, Arnstein Otterstad, Joseph Valdez, Leo Watkins, and Ryan Bothroyd. Uh, cool. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks to everybody. And just a quick heads up, uh, the after game week eight, we enter the uh, international break, uh, another one, another dreaded international break uh, coming so soon after the last one, Brandon. I, this is not, it's, it's really the third one that kills me. The mm-hmm. second one, I, I don't like any of them. The first one you can kind of handle because it's so like fanatic, like, you know, getting to the start of the season in the first few game weeks. It's like a chance to like, you know, maybe wild card or like evaluate things. The second one is just kind of annoying. The third one is brutal, though. Uh, but anyway, uh, second national break is coming, uh, after game week eight and Brian and I are going to, uh, just try to mix it up just so you guys have some different voices uh, here on the podcast. So, uh, I am going to be guest hosting with, uh, with Dave Wagner Lodal on the, uh, October 6th podcast. I think this is when we'll be doing that, uh, or seventh, something like that. Uh, and, uh, Dave has, uh, actually been a host on the podcast a few times and, uh, people know, uh, and really enjoyed his, uh, his commentary on those pods. So I think that'll be fun. And then the next week, Brandon is going to be co-hosting with, I think, a host to be determined. Is that right, Brandon? Yeah, um, I've got some big irons in the fire. I can promise that they will be awesome and you will love them. But uh, yeah, we're still <laughs> trying to nail that down. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be hopefully uh, interesting to listen to. Uh, so, but we'll, the the kitchen table podcast will continue uh, as scheduled, though. So, I uh, just want to give a heads up on that. Thank you for listening. Good luck in game week eight, and uh, worst of luck to every highly owned Manchester and Arsenal uh, asset who plays tomorrow, especially Aubameyang. Poku forever. Hail cheaters.
whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.